Please note, if you're listening to this, you must be 18 years of age or older. This podcast contains adult themes and may include descriptions that listeners could find offensive. Thank you. Every exit is an entrance to new experiences. Anonymous. Welcome to the Kinky Nerdy Polly Podcast. Hello, I'm L. And I'm M. And today we're going to talk about butt stuff. So we are talking about butt stuff today. We are talking about butt stuff today. Uh, but before we get into the meat of the episode. Yes, before the meat of the episode, L. So during our little pre-talk, we had we were talking about the recent issues concerning abortion rights, and I was I was talking about how I'm struggling to find like what form of activism that I really want to engage in right now. And Elle made a wonderful comment, which was that they had found something that they were quite happy to participate in and shared that resource with me. And so I would like to impart it on all of our audience folks today. Yeah. And the resource that they are contributing to is called Elevated Access. And I'm just going to read a little bit. You can learn more at elevatedaccess.org. That's E-L-E-V-A-T-E-D-A-C-C-E-S-S dot O-R-G elevatedaccess.org, and here's a little snippet about their mission. Our mission, Elevated Access recognizes that not all people have access to the health care they need due to stigma in their community. Because we believe everyone deserves access to health care such as abortion and gender-affirming care, our volunteer pilots provide free transportation to get people where they can get the care they need to live their best life. And so when Al shared that with me, I just thought that is a wonderful cause to support right now. So we just ask that you check them out and see what you think. And we hope that everybody is doing, you know, reasonably okay and, and feeling all of their feelings right now. Yeah. Like I was, like I was talking in the pre-talk, part of the reason why I like this is I feel like it very directly helps people that in a way that like political lobbying doesn't right now. So not that I'm trying to undercut political lobbying, but like right now people just need help. And this feels like a very direct way to get people that help. I love it. I truly do. Thank you so much. So back to what, what in the butt? What, what in the butt? So we're not just going to be talking about butt sex, right? We're, we're kind of talking about anal play in general, which I guess may or may not always be seen as sex. I think many people would see anal play as being sexual in nature, no matter what you're doing, even if it's not penetrative sex. I could be wrong about that. That would be my general impression of how people view anal play. Yeah, I would say probably the large majority of people would probably feel that way. It is not always a sexual experience for me. Okay. But yes, I would agree with you that that's true. I kind of view sex as a kink. That helps me to understand it a little bit better. So when I talk about anal play, it I really focus on that play aspect. And also for me, engaging in anal sex becomes more about this like affirmation of my more like gay aspects of my identity, engaging in this gay sort of masculine space for myself. So it can definitely be a gender affirming type of play for me. And sometimes it doesn't need to feel sexual 
to me, or it doesn't even need to feel like a sex act for me. It can just feel like, okay, I'm just going to engage in this kink and it's going to affirm these aspects of myself. And I think this is our first episode where we actually talk about sex. Right, I agree. I think at least explicitly and overtly, this is like as the primary topic of a KMP topic, this is... Yeah, I think most of our K episodes have been about like kink and kink adjacent stuff. This is actually about like the sex. Oh, you did a little... The sex. The sex. Yeah. You got the voice. Yeah. It's the sex voice. The sex voice. I like it. Do I? Okay, so I wanted to present a little small overview of what we're going to be talking about today. First, we're going to go over what anal play even is, broadly speaking, what safety practices there are, and then we're going to talk about our own experiences with anal play, also embarrassing aspects of the play, and we're finally going to provide some resources, which will also be linked in the show notes. So Elle, why don't you get us started off? All right, so we want to start about anal play, safety, and advice. So this is just some general tips. As always, I'd recommend people doing their own research to find out what works for them, because what works for one person might not work for another. But generally speaking, we're going to talk about anal play, and let's first define what anal play is, because we love defining things on this podcast. We really do. Generally speaking, anal play is anything that has to do with the butt. So it can be... But like not necessarily the butt cheeks. Yeah. The anus. The anus. The rectum. And the rectum. Yeah. Which I think are medically two different things. They are. But they're the same hole. Yeah, the anus is like on the outside and the rectum is further inside. Yeah. So it can be any sort of like touching or caressing or licking, which I believe is referred to as rimming, if I remember correctly. I think that's one term, yeah, to, to refer to that. Yeah. Or it can involve inserting things and also vibrating things. Inserting things that vibrate, I guess is how I should is clarify that. Yeah, you can insert things that are not vibrating. You can insert things that are vibrating and then you can do like inserting things and then applying the vibrations externally. Yeah. So yeah, so the, these are all different different aspects of anal play. We're gonna talk about generally safety things about when you are, are inserting the things, when you are inserting things. Mm-hmm. So very, very first thing that you should consider when you're going to insert something into your anus is flared base. Always have a flared base. What does that mean, though? Like, L, you need to, like, if I hear flared bass and I'm just, like, listening to this podcast, I might not know. Okay. Like, I probably do, but uh, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, you never know. This might be somebody's first... Yeah, first exposure. First first exposure to all this. So when I say flared bass, what I mean is whatever toy you you want it to essentially narrow at a certain point. So you you in so there's the the toy itself that eventually narrows and then it flares out again. Usually, not always, but sometimes like wider than the toy itself. And this is to prevent. So basically, what happens is when you're inserting the object, your anus gets to the point where it narrows and then it winds again. So that way it doesn't eat whatever you're inserting, right? Or it doesn't get lost up there, and which is something that can happen. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Like, people go to the ER because they've accidentally lost stuff up their butt. Yeah, I think I remember there was one episode of Scrubs about somebody who inserted a light bulb up their butt. 
and there is a lot of consternation about how to get a light bulb safely out of somebody's butt. So yeah, whenever you're inserting something, flared base is, I'd say, a must. Definitely. <laughs> or it's a dildo that's attached to a strap, right. a harness. Or you, like, or you have like someone who is yeah. kind of like, there, yeah, has a control of the thing. Yeah. That is doing the thing. Yeah. That wasn't very well articulated. I'm, I guess I'm, because as long as there's a way to stop your butt from eating the thing. Yes. That's what you want. Yes. So it might not always look like a specifically flared base, but that's the mechanism that you want to have happen. Yes. So the other things that are generally good with anal play is like go slow and try to feel comfortable and relaxed beforehand, especially if it's like, if this is your first exploration of things, that can be really helpful, you know, just to get into a relaxed space. Because this is something that a lot of, like, if again, if it's your first time exploring this, or maybe it's not your typical form of play, you might just need to get more into, like, this mindset of of the play and get your body to be... Comfortable with it? Comfortable with it, yeah. Yeah. You don't so, want your body to tense up that much. Yeah, so a, so a good starting point, though this isn't a good starting point for everybody because it wasn't a great starting point for me, is to just sort of like tease it a little bit. And, you know, you soap yourself up, you soap up your bum, and you just sort of tease. You don't have to insert anything, like when you're just starting off. You just like sort of get used to the sensation. And yeah, that's generally speaking a good way to start. Though, like I said, it's if I tried that method and it wasn't didn't work particularly well for me. So yeah. Just uh, start slow, but don't be afraid to experiment with what feels best for you. Absolutely. I think that's a great point because everybody responds differently to these things. So while some people might find like exploring in the shower or bath to be really relaxing, if you need to be in a different space, then you have to, you have to definitely go where it feels most comfortable for you. And I think also, so like you can start with a finger, you don't have to start, you don't have to buy anal plugs or, or, or anal toys specifically to start with anal play. So if you're working with a partner and you know, you can start with inserting fingers, doesn't have to be yours, can be your partner's if you negotiate that. And that's a great way to start small and see, you know, if this is something that you might enjoy. But if you think that going in a different direction, like buying a toy might be something more what you're looking for, then you can also, I mean, there's also ways to start small in that regard. Cause like, yeah, there are sets of plugs where you can get like, a gradient of like, okay, we're going to start with like a small one that's kind of like, again, like finger size and then work our way up to a bigger size plug. Yeah. Then we'll be talking about that more when we get to my section of the podcast. Yes, because you have a very fun personal experience. Yeah. So the next bit of advice is use lots of lube. And the, so I initially put the show note of the anus does not naturally, which is why you want to use lots of lube. But M did a little bit of research and found different. But the amount of lube that the anus does produce is fairly minimal. So you don't want to rely on that. Yeah. So I actually would love to go on a little... Tangent? Tangent here. Tangent away. Tangent away. I'm going to be talking... Well, you told me you don't want me to call it ass juice because (laughs) ass juice doesn't sound right. It doesn't... It doesn't sound pleasant. There's definitely some clipping there. Yeah, ass juice doesn't sound great. So yeah, just like the anus can actually produce lubricant. This is known as like anal mucus. Okay. 
and it happens when there's normally like that you're going to expel from the body but it can also happen during anal play because if you have stuff in there your yeah. body might feel like oh i have to poop so it starts to create that mucus Okay. And so there are people who actually have, and, and there are people just like there are variations in the amount of lubricant in other parts of the body. There are people who have naturally larger amounts of anal mucus. So this varies person to person how much anal mucus you're going to have. But as I was doing my research and the person that I was learning from and reading this article, it was a scientific, from a scientific medical perspective, basically concluded with the idea of like, even though it's possible for the anus to do this, and it's even possible for it to be enough to support rigorous anal activities, it's actually, in that case, it can still even be bad because then you're overproducing this mucus, which can actually clog up your anal glands. And so basically the conclusion of the article was still use lube, which in this case, L recommends a uh, specific. So yeah, generally speaking, I would recommend to get at least a hybrid lube. In fact, hybrid lube is probably my favorite. And by hybrid lube, I mean a combination of water and silicone based lube. If not, if not getting a full silicone lube, because it just both hybrid and silicone just last a lot longer than water-based lubes do, because like the water just evaporates and it just stays around longer. Though M did bring up a good point about how silicone-based lubes sometimes don't interact well with silicone toys, but you want to talk about that more? Yeah, so again, I was doing some more research for this particular episode, and this was actually my own myth that I got to, you know, debunk, if you will, because it was my impression that, okay, you should not use silicone with silicone. That's what I've always heard. And this might have been true back when like there was like lower quality toys and also like depending on like the 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 type of silicone lubricant. But like actually apparently it was really blown out of proportion. Okay. So the the long there used to be really cheap silicone toys. <laughs> yeah. Well, what from what I'm understanding from the article, which we will link in the show notes, is that there seemed to have been like a court case where somebody was claiming that the silicone lube destroyed their toy or something like that. Okay. And that might have been where all of this fuss kind of came from. But it's apparently like kind of rarer and like it would take a long time for the silicone lube to actually degrade or deteriorate the silicone toy. So especially like with higher quality toys, silicone toys, you're probably okay using a silicone lube. And this article that we'll link says like you're pretty much safe using silicone lubricant with silicone toys. So I thought that was pretty fascinating, especially because we hear so many so often don't use silicone with silicone toys. I've heard that a gazillion times over and it was like, oh, I have, I get to learn something new and like change my incorrect knowledge. Yeah. So yes, it's, it's pretty safe actually. Mm -hmm. And I think most, if not all hybrid lubes are like safe to use with silicone toys. Again, you know, double check that. I personally use Sliquid lube in case anybody is looking for that information. <laughs> this is not a sponsored podcast, but I've really enjoyed Sliquid. I also wanted to mention that in this other medical perspective that I was looking at, they do say like avoid warming lubes and avoid cooling lubes during like lubes that create like a sensation in your butt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you don't want chemical reactions. Chemical reactions in your butt because it can butt. irritate the mucosal linings, as I was reading. Yeah. And therefore irritate, you know, and again, could clog up your glands. So I was learning even more things about anal, anal mucus. The amount of knowledge I have about anal mucus now is truly astounding. 
I'm very excited. Like, I think this will become a new special interest. Okay. I'm going to devote lots of time studying it. I'm, I'm so happy for you. There are safer ways to do temperature play with temperature play inside the butt. And so you can use steel or I believe even glass butt plugs are great for the temperature play. So these can be thrown in a freezer and can also be used in warmer spaces like in a hot shower or bath or warmed up ahead of time in hot water. So that way when you insert them that they're warm. So these are just some like safer suggestions instead of having to rely on the lubes that would give you like a cooling or warming sensation. So both glass and steel are great for those temperature play type things that you might want to do with the butt. But if you are having anal play or anal sex, ask that you consider using barriers, especially for me. And I'll go a little bit over this when I'm talking about my experience. Like I had a lot of issues trying to sort of get over the hygiene aspect of it. So like when I started doing it, like I used gloves and you can, you know, if you're doing penetrative anal play, you probably want to consider using condoms to prevent like spread of bacteria and also STDs. STIs. STI. And I think for for rimming or for, for licking, there is, you use like saran wrap as a barrier. Oh, that's clever. I didn't think of that. I think they're also like specifically made barriers for that, but I think saran wrap is just easier to get. Yeah, there are specifically made barriers, but I, I didn't even think about the saran wrap thing. Yeah. No, today you learned. Today I learned. You're P-I-L. Learning, you're learning so much about butt stuff, and this is like your favorite topic. It's, it is my favorite topic, but that's the thing about your favorite topic is like you can always expand your knowledge like, oh, and then, and then you're, it's like becoming the butt expert is a journey it's not about a de- it's not a destination the the butt expert is it's it's not a title it's the feeling yeah the process of developing one's knowledge and experience of butts mm. it's like pure joy okay one might say a pure enjoy a pure en- well, no, okay. I haven't even brought that up yet. <laughs> but it's funny to me. <laughs> it is funny. All right, maybe like five people got that joke. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I feel like our audience is fairly kinky, but... I you know what? You we are... think that. But then, anyways. Here's the other thing. With any type of play, remember your consent practices. If you're trying this out with others, check in, use safe words, negotiate this type of play whatever is within the framework of your dynamic with your partner or partners. I'm, I think this is kind of like, we've said these things before and like people are kind of knowledgeable about this, but just want to reiterate that like, this is a type of play like any other type of play. So please follow these practices. Yeah. And especially if you're new to it, it never hurts to talk about how you're feeling and talk about you know, how you want this experience to go. If you're new to it, if you're, yeah, I mean, if you're doing it with a partner. So yeah, it never hurts to, to talk about this stuff. And then I think it's time for me to talk about my experience. Absolutely. L. sorry, I think I accidentally. No, I think I did that. So L, tell me, because, I, well, I know you already told me and I'm very excited to hear about your story because it made me so happy when you told me. So tell me again, tell me all about your experiences with anal play. You want to hear about my experiences? Well, I want to hear about your experiences. 
I'm loving this flirtation right now, by the way. It's just on point. Yeah. So, I am actually fairly new to anal play. Even though I've been in the kink scene for close to 10 years. Wow. Wow. Wait, have I been in the kink scene as long as you have? Yeah, you started much earlier than I did. Oh, yeah. I didn't start until my mid-20s. So, yeah, even though I've been in the kink scene for a fairly long time, I just, it was just kind of hard for me to get into anal play. Like, I didn't see, like, I heard about other people enjoying it, but, like, there's sort of, like, this combination of, like, of, like, religious guilt from my upbringing that was kind of ingrained into me, and also, like, my, you know, my brain just can't stop thinking about, like, the, the poop. Like, it's poop? Yeah, it's, it's just hard. It was just hard for me to get my brain to stop thinking about that. And so, like, I wanted to do it with a partner, but I didn't have... At the time, I didn't really have a partner that was interested in doing that with me. So I have... And so because of me, I have been to a shit ton of classes about this. I've done a lot of research, and I do have a little bit of experience with one partner. but, But still very little experience overall. And then this past Christmas, you know, I've been trying to sort of explore my sexuality more and asked for sort of a christmas wish list and i gave him a christmas wish list and one of the things i put on the wish list was a a set of sort of training uh, beginner anal plugs so you know a little a medium and a big so at christmas time m got me the butt plugs and you know i was trying them out and they're like all right but it wasn't like rocking my world i was thinking about getting like a a butt plug that vibrated or an anal toy that vibrated. And this is where I came in. And this is where M came in. And M was like, well, you know, you can just like apply some external vibration and that way you don't have to spend like 80 to $100 on something you don't even know if you'll like. It's like, well, yeah, I do have that like wand so I can like apply that to the toy and see how it feels. And listener, dear audience folks, I need to tell you, that it blew my fucking mind. It's so great. Yeah. It was real awesome playing with the butt plugs and the wand. Uh, yeah, so now I'm like really looking forward to buying more anal toys and having more fun with anal play. And I'm really excited for you to do that. And let me know if I can help with inspiration. Well, actually, I've already... I don't think I've told you this, but I've already like looked into buying a tail. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think you told me a little bit. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I did tell I did tell you about this because like the fantasy. The outside. fantasy you're having. Yeah. yeah, you're having a fantasy about being like a devil woman. Yeah. Or like a demon woman or something. Yeah, kind of like a succubus. Succubus. Yeah. Nice. And so you got a succubus tail. No, I haven't bought it yet. Okay. But it's on the. It's on the list. It's on the list. Okay. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to hearing how your investigations go. But yeah, sort of circling back to my earlier experience, you know, I I tried a bunch of different stuff the classes recommended. Like I tried, you know, playing with myself in the shower, and that just really didn't work for me. I think part of it was like I just again sort of like my brain can't I can't turn off that part of my brain that's worried about the hygiene. So what I eventually did was. I, I had some nitro gloves. So in while I was in bed, I like used some lube and the nitro gloves and that just felt a lot better. Both cause like it you know, I could shut off that hygiene part of my brain. And also like the glove just feels smoother and nicer in my opinion. So that's kind of like the little bit of play I did. But like I said, like it wasn't really 
until I added vibration, it wasn't really doing a whole lot for me. But I knew it was something like I wanted to explore more because like I've heard so much from like so many different people about how good it feels. So like I was willing to put in like the time and energy to explore it more. And I think that's great. Like that's something that I think, you know, whether it's anal play or other types of play, just having that kind of, hey, I'm not sure if I really like this thing, but I'm going to try it out. I'm going to try to explore and even just connect with my body and see like what sensations feel good. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of the summation of my experience. Now I think it's, now I think it's over to, to M, the butt stuff expert. It's about the journey. It's about the journey. It's about the journey of learning about the butt. Yeah. My butt eats stuff and that's a good and a bad thing. It's a blessing and a curse. Let me tell you. As soon as I had the ability to explore anal play, which I think was like college, I, I kind of dove right in. So it's always been a curiosity of mine. And as soon as I was able to explore that with myself and with partners, I just, I, I was like in love with this. This was like, yes, just a thousand times yes. And it's blew my mind in ways that like I had engaged in vaginal type, you know, intercourse and other adjacent activities it was far better it was far superior to anything like that so i joke that i have a prostate even though like i think like medically quote unquote i guess i don't but honestly maybe in a sense i do because like the link between one's mind and body yeah is very yeah and so in that way i feel like i do have like almost a g spot that's like there in my anus or my rectum and so I can, it's, it's kind of like a, just an all encompassing or orgasmic experience that I can feel Yeah. from even just very like simple. Elle referenced these toys called Enjoy earlier and Enjoy is makes anal toys and they make this line of solid steel butt plugs. And these are probably my favorite anal toys. It's just a little fun fact about M. And I got the, you know, I started with the smallest ones and I really wanted to feel like this weight of something inside of me and um, having that like pressure. And also the steel, I, I kind of like the, the vibrations through the steel, again, the external applying the, the vibrations to it is quite nice too. So I worked my way up from like a small steel butt plug to what they have the enjoy 2.0 which is a solid pound of steel and i can fit that in my and like i said it's a blessing and a curse because these all have flared bases of as we've discussed before but i remember one day I, I i accidentally took a nap with one of my plugs in and i remember waking up and my butt was just actually engulfing the whole flared base it was about to eat up the whole base oh no yeah so actually after that point i made sure to like never take a nap with one because my butt would actually just literally eat it so it's a blessing and a curse so i also enjoy something called figging which is typically the act of putting ginger root so you shave off the external bits of the ginger put the ginger inside of you you kind of make you kind of have to like craft a little bit of your own plug out of ginger root essentially your own little anal plug and it burns and and then you you know but now that i know so much about anal mucus after researching for this episode now i feel like i'm damaging my mucosal linings and I need to be a little careful about that. So in other words, I don't also, by the way, I don't engage in that activity very frequently. I will say that too. So yeah. probably like all of this in moderation, right? Like, yeah, probably I'm not going to die because I figged myself once. You probably definitely shouldn't be doing it on a daily basis. But you probably definitely shouldn't be destroying your mucosal linings by figging yourself all the time, right? 
Yeah. And so one of my partners is actually nicknamed Sodomy Guy. And our whole dynamic, literally, is that he teaches me how to make mixed drinks and then I let him use my ass for an evening. It's like a pretty great arrangement. Yeah. We went for like a really long time one night and I just remember like he just said like he was so exhausted and he was just like, can you keep going? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I don't know anybody who could keep going for anal play this long. I'm just like, my butt eats stuff. Yeah. You love the butt. Or does my butt love question mark? That's what, is that the journey? Am I, maybe my butt is on the search to find the true, it's true love. Maybe that's what this is all about. You're just a host for your butt. I'm a host for my butt. And really, I, in the end, you know, I don't even need the penetration aspect. Even like a slight touch of my anus or feeling someone's mouth on it is deeply satisfying and pleasurable. So, you know, it's, I'm just very sensitive in that area altogether. And it could probably replace like so many other types of sex, sex acts for me. For the sex act itself, the act of anal sex. If I'm going to be a bottom for anal sex, I do anal sex. I do enjoy preparing for the act, like giving myself an enema a few hours earlier. It's kind of like ritualistic and I like to like, it's li a literally cleansing activity because it, it does make you feel a little fresh and like, okay, I'm kind of prepared. However, you know, anal play can inevitably lead to really messy situations and embarrassing shit. So for one anecdote out of several, I had given myself an enema before. And for, you know, our audience folks who don't know about enemas, like you insert them into the anus. They generally like you can get saline enemas at the pharmacy and they're like you insert them. They're full of like salt water, essentially. They help to pull stuff that's in your intestines out. Yeah. And so like you can like totally empty out your bowels and that can be helpful for anal play. It's also advised, obviously don't do that very frequently as I again have learned can damage your mucosal linings <laughs> if used too frequently. So please use sparingly. But yes, so I had done an enema to clear myself out as usual and had thought my intestines were pretty, pretty cleared out. And like later on, my partner and I started to have sex and it became evident fairly quickly that my intestines were not totally clean. And that can be somewhat embarrassing pretty quickly. You know, like you start to smell the situation and then it becomes really obvious and then you're like oh no and then you know your top is like has to handle that but it's also like a known side effect or risk of this type of sex so some people are okay with continuing in these situations like some tops don't care some bottoms don't care so talk to your partner ahead of time about how you might want to handle this scenario but ultimately it's just what bodies do so if this is something that you might be concerned about that's that might happen as a result of anal play, it's totally a valid fear and worry. And also it is what bodies do. And now Elle will share an anecdote. Yeah, so this did not happen to me, but I did see it happen. I was doing a volunteer shift at a kink camping event. And I was specifically watching over an area where people were, like there were couches and lounges and futons for people to have sex. And, you know, my job was, like, make sure, like, there are chucks available for people, switch out sheets, stuff like that. So one time there was, like, a couple who were getting ready for sex, and the the top went to go get lube, but he did not get lube. He accidentally got a Purell hand sanitizer and used that as lube. And the bottom noticed very quickly that something was wrong. This is a very scary experience. <laughs> yeah. 
And I believe the first aid medic was called in order to help with the burning sensation in the ass. But there was there was no more sexy times for that couple that night. <laughs> no, no, there would not be any more sexy times for that couple. Yeah. Speaking of that, and like this can happen with any other type of sexual play where you might be using lube, but if you happen to have an allergy to a type of lubricant, that can also quickly yeah. end a scene. So it's something also that you might want to talk to your partner about is like what lubricants that you can tolerate. Yeah. And I guess it never hurts to do like patch testing on your skin. Though I'm pretty sure I just used liquid and didn't have any issues with that. But yeah, patch testing is never a bad idea. You just like put it in your skin and see how you react after a while. There was one time when, when T and I tried to use a chocolate sex candle that you were supposed to like lick off the person after you poured it on them and uh, did you say tea and you yes okay and we did not do patch testing on me and there is something i was allergic to in that in that chocolate candle and fortunately i think it was only like a little bit i mean it was it was not a little bit it was quite a bit of my like stomach and chest but so yeah this can happen for a variety of things don't be afraid to do patch testing is the PSA I'm going to leave off on then. That's a very good PSA. Is there any last thoughts you have, L? since this was your amazing topic that you chose? Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, don't be don't be afraid to explore a new experience. Like I said, like I've been in the kink scene for a while and it's only very recently that I've really discovered I like this stuff. So yeah, don't be afraid to try things out, even if you think you might not like them. And though, of course, I want to emphasize if there's something that's a hard no, you don't have to play with that if it's just like a hard no in your mind. But yeah, if it's not a hard no, then like play around in like a safe space and see if there's like a circumstance where you like it and it can really pay off. Awesome. And... There is a resource also that we'd like to share if you want to learn more about butt stuff and anal. Yeah, so I post a link to one of many videos that a channel called Sexplanations has put out about anal play. I believe the one I put in the show notes is specifically about anal sex, but I saw that there was a video about prepping for anal sex. There was a video about pegging. There was a video about maintaining your butthole. So Sexplanations, it's a it's a YouTube channel run by a, a doctor who's a sexologist. So she's very knowledgeable, very enthusiastic. I like her a lot. And she's got a lot of videos about how to play with your butt. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Elle. This has been a great episode. Uh, yeah. So again, want to talk about Elevate Access. It is a resource which lets people gain access to reproductive and gender-affirming care through the use of pilots' donated time and planes. And I think it's a really worthy cause right now to donate to. And if you like this episode, please share with all the people in your lives who love butts. Yeah. And if you love us talking about butts, you can always donate using the link at the bottom of the show notes. This is M. This is L. Don't be afraid to love how you love. Love what you love. And love who you love. If you'd like to get in touch with either M or myself, you can tweet us at KNP Podcast. You can find us at knppodcast.tumblr.com or you can email us at kinky.nerdy.poly at gmail.com.
the Zoom. The Zoom recorder. So it's an audio recorder and it records audio, but it looks like this like small box that you're like, well, am I actually recording audio or am I just talking into a void? Well, you do get to see the little... You sort of get to see little waveforms, but it's not really a... <laughs> you don't get to see the sexy, sexy waveforms like what I'm looking at right now. You, on my computer. You do not get to see the sexy, sexy waveforms. Though I think there is a way... I don't know, this is a relatively new device to me. Uh, I think there's a way to use it as an audio interface. So it the microphones go in to the Zoom, and then the Zoom goes into the computer. Uh, so that way you're using it less as a recorder and more as like a uh, sound management. That sounds way better. Do, do you want me to look into how to do that? Yes. Okay. That sounds way funner. <laughs> I don't trust the Zoom with my voice. That's the problem. Oh, I, I did not realize <laughs> this was a matter of trust. I thought we'd already recorded once in the Zoom and it was fine.